back to Born Center, saved. Here we'll learn truth, put Jesus in the forefront, and help heal churches. I'm your host, Floyd Bryant. In this episode, we'll see that no matter what bad decisions you made, or no matter what choices you made, you did it, he'll use it. God can still use you, regardless of how your life looks right now and what you've done in your past. God is more concerned with have you grown from those things. Have you ever felt you couldn't be used by God? Have you ever felt not intelligent enough to be used by God? You know, I remember growing up, I I didn't graduate from high school. And then after, you know, I was going from job to job. And I did this a good portion of my life, you know, and uh, and what that did to me, you know, it kind of put me in a vein of kind of being lost, you know, and then I, I ended up at one time, more than once, but that first time, you know, I ended up homeless, you know, and that really made me feel low. It, it made me feel useless. It made me feel worthless. It even made me feel like, you know, God couldn't use me or God didn't love me or God um, didn't care for me at all. You know, I remember one night being homeless and um and just riding the trains at night and asking God, why do you hate me so much? But God can still use a person regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what you're going through. Let's let's take a look at um. We're going to go to Exodus, second chapter, verses eleven through fifteen. Let me read that to you guys real quick. It says, "One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people." Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. Now, let's fast forward a bit to Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 through 13. And that says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or make them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, What about your brother Aaron? 
the Levite. I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. So now here, here's Moses um, being chosen by God to do this. What I guess to him looked like a impossible feat to accomplish. But of, but God picked Moses to do this for a reason. But Moses made all these excuses on why he couldn't. See, Moses was looking at his past. Moses was looking at what he's done. Because remember now, Moses is also a, a fugitive from Egypt because he killed an Egyptian. And now God is telling him, giving him a purpose to go back to Egypt to do. So Moses said, no, you know, Lord, I, I can't speak well. He just made excuses like we all do not to do certain things because we feel we can't accomplish those things or we're not capable enough to do these things because of our past. We allow our past to be a barrier into moving into the next phase and the next step of life. And we make excuses for that. Let's read Acts, the ninth chapter, verses one through six. Acts 9 verse 1 through 6 says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? As Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So now here is Saul. I mean, really? truly think about this. Saul is someone who was persecuting and killing Christians. And at that time, it wasn't called Christians because it was called the way. Christian means follower of Christ. So it was called the way. So now Saul, whose name was later changed to Paul, was persecuting and killing Christians. But now Jesus himself came to Saul to use him for a greater purpose. Because remember, Saul wrote a good portion of the New Testament. Saul was used to plant churches all throughout that reason, region. And most of us, most people now would say, why would the Lord use him? He was a persecutor and killer of Christians, but Jesus, God had a purpose on Paul's life. See, and that's an attestment and to show you that no matter what you do, God can take you. Jesus can take you 
and turn your life around to be used for great works. Now let's read Joshua, the second chapter, verses one through four. Joshua, the second chapter, verses one through four says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. <clears throat> so they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent his message, sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalk of flax she had laid out on the roof. So now, you have to remember, God had a purpose for Rahab also. Because when you go through the history, Rahab became the great, great, great grandmother of Jesus. And mind you, she was a, a known, she was a prostitute. So the point is, regardless of your, you can be in a lifestyle like that. But if you give your life to God's purpose, you, you give your life to the things that God wants you to do. God can change you. God can use you for a greater purpose, like he did, or even if you were just a rebellious person, and you might be that person right now that's rebellious, don't believe in God, don't even believe that God can use you, which will also aid you in remaining rebellious. But if you would just seek God, God can take you and turn your life around. Jonah was rebellion, rebellious, and disobedient. Let's read Jonah 1 verses 1 through 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittiah. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before you. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish, he went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Now think about that. You know, where are you going to run to? First of all, where are you going from God? God sees everything. God knows everything. God's everywhere. <laughs> so here we have Jonah being rebellious and disobedient and ran. But yet, in the end, 
he still ended up going. He still went and fulfilled the purpose that God had for his life. You know, because Jesus never stops calling you right now. The only thing is, we get involved in so much things and we get involved in our rebellion and our disobedience. And that makes it hard for us to hear the voice of Jesus calling us. But he never stops calling because he has a purpose for each of our lives. And the only way for you to find that out, what's the purpose for your life, is you have to go to the manufacturer. The manufacturer creates something, creates a thing, creates a product. The manufacturer gives that product its purpose, its purpose, purpose and designs it for what it is purposed for. But a lot of times we shut out the voice and we run. Regardless of what that purpose may be, whether it's just the fact you want to live in rebellion and just do what it is you want to do because of your fleshly desires, regardless of what it is, if you turn your life around, come out of that rebellion, listen to the voice of Jesus, then God can fulfill what he's called you to fulfill. So let's read Luke 5 and 8. Luke 5 and 8 says, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Because what was happening here was they had been fishing all night. But now Jesus comes. They've been fishing all night and didn't catch anything, right? So now Jesus comes and tells them, Peter and his his his, his friends, his his coworkers, in a sense, cast the net out. Peter said, "We've been fishing all night and caught nothing." But now, when Peter obeys and listens to Jesus, they catch a huge load. But what that did to Peter was make Peter feel unworthy. But again, it's Jesus who makes us worthy. So Peter felt unworthy and told them, Lord, you know, leave me. Get you know, get away from me. Not in a a a, 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 a bad sense. He says, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. So he felt, I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. But what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Jesus said to him in the ninth and tenth verse, it says, For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So what did Jesus do? Jesus gave Peter purpose. 
Jesus gave him purpose. So regardless of how unworthy he felt, regardless of <clears throat> what he thought about himself, because we all sometimes have such negative feelings and thoughts of ourselves. And that we can't accomplish or do anything. Those feelings depress us. Those feelings leave us a sense of lostness. But if we turn to Jesus, he would show us the purpose that he has for our lives. And he would give us that, that righteous pride in a good way. He would help us not be he would teach us to not be lost. It would give us, Jesus would give us direction if we would just turn to him. So Jesus gave Peter purpose, just like he has a purpose for your life. Listening to this, just like he has a purpose for my life. Because there are so many things that God put, a, put in us that we have no idea about. If we would just lean into him, you have a purpose on your life that God has for you. There is greatness in your life that God wants you to bring out. There are people's lives that you are going to touch, that you will touch. If you would lean into the voice of God. There was a pastor that passed away years ago that I listened to named Dr. Miles Monroe. He made a statement to me that really struck a chord. He said in one of his sermons, the richest place on earth are the cemeteries. Think about that. He said the richest place on earth are the cemeteries. And now, I was a little baffled when he said that I, 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 at first. You know, I, I, matter of fact, I was working while listening to the sermon on some headphones, but I was a little baffled. Like, why would he say that? The richest place on earth are the cemeteries. The cemeteries are full of, you know, dead people, people that are no longer amongst us. Why and how is the cemetery the most richest place on earth? And then it crossed my mind. The cemeteries are the richest place on earth because there are books that were never written. There are movies that were never made. There are sermons that were never preached. There are organizations that were never created. And they lay there in that grave, in those graves, you know. So that really struck me. To me, that was profound um, to even think about that. You know, so imagine if, imagine if God would have let Moses stand on. I'm not an eloquent speaker. I can't speak. I'm a, as rough as this, as this may sound, but including I am a murderer. I, I can't be used. Imagine if God allowed him to stand on that. Israel would have stayed in bondage longer. Who knows the direction history would have taken then? You know, because think about this. 
there are people that don't know that they're waiting for you so that they can so that they can be used by God by your message or by however you touch their lives there are people waiting for you to cross their paths and be a blessing and the longer you take they miss out and you miss out on being a blessing to them there are paths in people's lives that you need to cross. So the longer you take and the longer you don't believe that you can be used, that there's a purpose for your life, the longer the blessing that is you takes to get to them and they struggle more. You know, so there was a time in my life that I truly believe I couldn't be used by God because of all the decisions, bad decisions that I have made, um, the foul-ups I've done, you know, the lives I've caused pain to, you know, but regardless of what decisions I've made, bad or good, there's still hope and a plan for me, just like there's still hope and a plan for you if you would just lean into Jesus. You're never in a place and you're never so far from God that he can't accomplish great works through you. You're not that far gone. So just get up. Turn to God. If you destroyed your or feel like you've destroyed your relationship with God and that you're so far gone, begin to take those steps back to him. Because believe me, he never gives up on you and he's waiting. And he's always there and he's always calling to you and he never, ever stops loving you. Don't run away. Run to God. Open your heart, open your mind to him and watch your life take a turn for the best, you know. So this week, one of the things I want you to do, read John 10 and 10. I want you to go and read John 10 and 10. Remember that God loves you and wants you to come to him. Take five to 15 minutes a day this week and pray. Listen and write down in a journal, in a notebook, in a little notepad in your phone what you hear. Have a great day. And if you like what you heard, and you want to hear more, subscribe to Born Center Podcast. Also, connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. I'd love to hear from you guys. Have a great day.